thing, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to finish this uh, two-part series. I know it's Thanksgiving week, and we should be talking about Thanksgiving. But anyway, I just believe that we need to reflect back. It was a two-part series, began last week, called Thanks Living. How many had a great Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I, you know growing up in Kenya, we did not have Thanksgiving um, as a holiday. And, and sometimes we forget that it's, it's a very unique holiday, you know, um, uh, to um, not, not, not many countries actually have a Thanksgiving. I think maybe five countries have a different Thanksgiving. Canada does have one in October. I think Liberia has one the same time. Um, but uh, very few countries celebrate such a holiday. But I think we should not be taking that for granted. We should be using I, 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 When I moved here, I, I thought one of the things that is... Um, one of the holidays that I appreciate the most because we can reflect back and actually see that it is a, it is a Christian holiday. You know, we don't look at it as a, we don't look at it many times as we do Easter or Christmas. But you know, the pilgrims, when they came, they were running religious persecution. And when they got to the other side of the Atlantic, they had seen all sorts of things in their lives. It was a, it was a, it, it, it was a big, a, it was a very daring trip, if you would. I'm looking for words and I can't find them. I almost swung into Swahili a little bit and you'll be like, what is that? You know, but, but it took a lot of faith for them to believe that there is something better on the other side. And, and in doing so, and, and I make, the moment you choose to take a step of faith, you are announcing to the other side. You're making a declaration that doesn't make the other side happy. There is that side, but there's also this other side. Because it was not easy to just... The fact that they made it on the other side of the Atlantic was a miracle in it by itself. But there were a lot of lost lives. And as they got there and the challenges went on and, uh, and it kept going on. But, but, but they never ceased when, they, when, when the first harvest came. In spite of all the loss they had, all the trials they had. They said they came back and decided to celebrate and thank God for the provision that he had done. I think that kind of is our story. And we can learn a lot from, from the pilgrims and, 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 and keep an attitude of, of, of thanksgiving. It's not just a day, but we should, I'm saying that we should be, uh, maintain an attitude of thanks living. An everyday thing, all right? So uh, with that being said, is that it should be a part of our lives. And, and it's very biblical in the sense that it makes a lot of sense because the Bible talks about giving thanks so much that sometimes if you just decide to just zero in on all the places that it says give thanks or be thankful or be grateful and all that stuff, you'll find that it's a constant theme throughout the scripture. I don't think it's for nothing. Anytime the Bible emphasizes anything, there is a reason and we need to pause and see why is it. I believe it's for us. Because it does wonders for us. Now, I want to read a psalm to you. Uh, let's read together Psalm 100. Psalm 100, it's an easy psalm. You could have it memorized this week if you don't have it already. If you ever practice memorizing scripture, which is a good habit to have, uh, to memorize scripture. So you can lay it in your hand. You never know when you're going to need it. Oh, yeah, I was, I was expecting a lot more than that. You never know when you can meet, but this is an easy one and a good one uh, to, to, to memorize. Make, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, 
and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of, uh, we are, we are his people, the sheep of his, of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures throughout all generations. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path, O God. We thank you for the reading of the word. We thank you for the message of your word today. God, I ask that you will cause the word to speak to us into our hearts today, that it may not return to you void, but it may accomplish in each life today the purpose for which you sent it, God. Help me as a vessel today, God, by your anointing and your grace to give as you give to me, Lord, not more nor less, O God. And as your word is declared today, I speak life into the hearts of men and women in this place. In Jesus' name, may we say amen. And amen. Psalm 100 uh, is actually classified as a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a song of praise to the Lord for his provision. It's labeled as a, uh, as a psalm of thanksgiving. And I would like, uh, and so in order to get what it's saying, we could pick on a couple of verses that are very good. I love that it's small. But in the all context, if you look at it as a context, as a psalm, the whole theme is about being giving thanks. Now, here's the thing, is that you would find through Scripture that giving thanks is not something uh, that you do only when things are going well. Giving thanks is not only a retrospective thing that we do, it's like we give thanks for what is done. Giving thanks is an, an attitude of the heart that we choose to have. We can make a choice and be deliberate that we will give thanks at all times. That we'll give thanks not for what he's done only. We can give thanks for what he's doing right now. But we could give thanks in advance for what the Lord's going to do. Amen? We could give thanks in anticipation. I, I was reading recently um, uh, just um, about... Um, um, uh, I was reading an article. It was a completely secular article. It was actually uh, uh, about... Um, I can't talk today for whatever reason. Too much turkey, too much food. It, I, I exercise my tongue too much for the wrong reasons. But anyway, uh, it was it was about the effects of Thanksgiving when it comes to when it comes to um, um, to, to just overall well-being. And this was not a Christian article. And uh, Dr. Robert Emons did that research. Uh, through uh, of, of gratitude or thanksgiving through a psychological lens. And he found that expressing gratitude has mental, physical, and emotional well-being of a person. And, and, and it's amazing. I can't go through all the different things that in the research actually pointed out that are good for, for people that actually choose to live a life of gratitude. Not just a one-day thing or an event that we have as a holiday, but making a choice that I'm going to be a thankful person in my life and, and, and I'm going to choose to look at the good in every situation. Now, there are some situations in life that are horrible. But if, in spite of that, we could make a choice to look at all the other good things that are going on in our lives and say, I'm going to zero in on that. Because if I dwell on the things that actually bring me down, it doesn't change everything. Actually, it does change something. It changes the fact that I never get out of the dark cloud. But I can look, in spite of all that's going on around me, I can look in the heart of God and just choose to maintain a thankful attitude whenever and wherever I can. So here are some of the things he said. 
Not, not from the Bible. It says improved physical and emotional and social well-being. Greater optimism and happiness. Improved feelings of connections in times of loss or crisis. Increases self-esteem. Think about that. Uh, heightened energy levels. Strengthened heart immune system and, descri- uh, blood, uh, and uh, decreases blood pressure. Improved emotional and academic intelligence. Expanded capacity for forgiveness. Decreases stress and anxiety, depression and headaches. Improved self-care and greater likelihood. I, can I go on? A lot of these things that people deal with every day, whether it's good things, bad times, even times, you know, all these things, he says, can be tied to having a heart of the, having a grateful attitude in, in your life. And I think even looking at our, uh, the secular research that I point out, all those things that we see, it's no wonder the Bible tells us all these times to be thankful. It's no wonder the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. It's no longer, no wonder the Bible keeps pointing us through that. Even when we don't want to look at it, it still navigates and points us in that direction of saying, hey, stop. Today is today, you know, I'm a, yesterday is gone, start a new day. Forgetting the things that are past, looking forward towards the goal. It talks about all sorts of things that we should do. Why? Because the Lord knows that when we do these things, it helps us. It does something for us. And when it helps us, guess what? It helps other people, those that are around us. Because we always feel like, sometimes we think that whatever our attitude is, well, yeah, it's a choice, and I'm choosing not to be happy. I'm choosing not to, to just be a downer now. It's your choice you could do that. But you know what? When we choose that, it actually affects other people negatively around us. It's not just us that it affects. It affects other people around us. So you can make a choice to decide, you know what? I might not be where I need to be. I might not be at the job that I desire. I might not even be living at the house I want. I might not be at the, uh, I, I, I might not have the, the money I need. I might not be uh, looking at shop or driving what I want. But, but I'm choosing to be thankful. I'm choosing to celebrate. I'm choosing to have a good attitude because not only does it help my well-being, my attitude affects others. Have you ever woken up some days? Some days are better. You know, I wish I was like my four-year-old and my two-year-old. And this is why it's fun to actually have a lot of kids because sometimes you forget this. Because my four-year-old and my two-year-old are amazing people. There is never a bad morning. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. I'm like, the one day I'm like, I finally could sleep in. And you plan on that one sleeping in day you could get in like a month. But they wake up, woohoo, happy and ready to go. And they come matching two of them together. It's not like, a, it's not just one, it's two. I'm thinking about, you know, they're ready to jump. It's every day is a good day. They're just happy. It's sun outside. And in the summer, when the, when the days are longer, man, it's harder because the definition of night is dark and the definition of day is bright. The sun's out. I can get out. No, you go back to your bed and leave me alone for about three hours. <laughs> but there's something about little children, though, that reminds us about the simplicities of life. How every day is a gift. 
Because sometimes, um, especially when we're going through difficulties, we, 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 we can be, our mind can be occupied, our emotions can be occupied by the circumstances that are going on around us, and just forget that the fact that we've woken up today, the fact that our heart is still beating, the fact that we can get up, the fact that we can see, the fact that we can hear, the fact that we have even a meal on the table, that it is a blessing, it's a privilege, it's not a right. And so I can be thankful even though circumstances around me don't want me to kind of stay down, not get up of my bed. And that's, I, I, and it begins to make sense why Jesus says that, that, that when we want to earn the kingdom of God, we want to live in the kingdom of God, when we pray things like, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and then he, he uses the, same, the same Jesus says that the kingdom of God is for such as this, the little ones. I mean, you start understanding the kingdom because you can live the kingdom here on earth. You can see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of, may your will be done in my life. May your kingdom come in my life. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And then he says, let me tell you about the kingdom. Can I tell you about the kingdom? You're waiting for a professor to give you all this research and, and all this. No, no, he says, let me tell you about the kingdom. You see these little kids? Anyone who wants the kingdom, I want you to be like this little child. Then you start enjoying your kingdom come. Your will being done in my life. Because things might be going on. I've never met a four-year-old that's depressed about the future. They're just happy about today. Tomorrow has its own troubles. They're just happy about today. It's like, now I get what Jesus was saying about the kingdom. And you know, the thing that actually can draw us, as adults, we need some things to help us to be able to maintain that attitude and gratitude and being thankful and, and choosing to be a thankful person at all times will help promote that in our lives and will give us ammunition to fight all the things that are always fighting us, always trying to pull us down, always wanting us to, to, to worry and all that. But, but, but we, can, we can make that choice every single day, even as we go into a brand new year. You can say, hey, I'm leaving 2017 behind. 2017 was a great year. Um, a, lot, a lot of good things happened. But also 2017 was a, was a tough year. It was, it was a tough year for this church. I will never look at the second row the same again. When you miss Brother Obasi, he would always greet you at the door. Always a smile. Always an encourager, you know. He's celebrating with Jesus. But you know, that was a tough loss. Sister Bernice, Sue, your family, we know we love you. you know, it was a tough year for you. And when the family, one heart in the family, if we're in the family, we all hurt. I know Vinny and Melissa, it was a year that you probably want to throw away, and we want to throw it away with you as well. Because we cried, we sorrowed, we grieved with you guys, and it was a tough one. But you know what? God still has great plans ahead. The last chapter has not been written. He's right in the last chapter. Just when the enemy thinks that it is finished, it is not finished. Because God, even His Son, and we were talking about this, God even saw His own Son being taken away innocently. He didn't do anything. Herod was there to actually confirm that. He intercepts when people wanting to kill Jesus. 
and, and he intercepts and he comes into the place uh, and, and he says, hey, I want to talk to this guy before you execute him. And as he talks to him, he tries to interrogate him. He tries to, to get something out of him. And, and he determines that there is nothing wrong with this man. He does not deserve what happened. There are things that happen in our life that we don't deserve at all. Let me tell you this. We have an enemy that wants to destroy our lives. The Bible says he comes for one reason or for, for this reason. He says the enemy comes to kill steal and to destroy. If he gets an opportunity to steal, to kill, to destroy, he will actually do it. But he says that Jesus Christ came that we may have life. Now Jesus endured the same thing that we endure in life. That's why in Hebrews he tells us that we have a high priest that can empathize with us because he understands what we are going through. He walked where we walked. He felt what we felt. He felt the rejection. And so he can empathize with us. And so when we cry out to him, we are crying out to a God who understands what it is to go through the tough things human beings go through. So God the Father looks at his son. Herod says, washes his hands, says, I know he's an innocent man, but he tries to get himself. He had the power and the authority to do something about it. But because of political fear and political pressure and all that stuff, he decides, hey, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm good. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to leave you guys. He did nothing about it. And Jesus would end up on the cross. His disciples would become so confused. What just happened? Life was going on just normal. And all of a sudden, bang. What just happened? Is this real? Is it fake? Am I dreaming? What is going on? The confusion scattered all over the place. Even Peter was so afraid that he would deny Jesus three times. And it all looked doomed. It looked like this chapter is over. What was their purpose in all this? And Satan's laughing, thinking, I finally got him. Satan might be laughing in your life, thinking he finally got you. He's thinking that he's finally destroyed you. Because remember, he comes to still kill and to destroy and think, I got him. Three days later, he rose again. Three days later, he rose again. And just when he thought he had ultimately destroyed you, God had pulled the biggest candle of all humanity. Because that death in itself brought life. In his death we found life. And the end of the story is still the Lord. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one who opened the first chapter. He's the one who's going to close the last chapter. He's, he's the one from the beginning. He's the same one from the end. He who began a good work in your life is uh, able to bring it to completion to the day of Christ. Your chapter is not, it's not, all, not yet over. God writes the chapter. And the difficulties that we face in this life, and we are prepared by the scripture many times, and I, be, I thank the word of God for this, because it doesn't hide for us all these different things that we can expect in this world. It says that we will see trouble in this world. It says we will see difficulty. And there are times that you will be persecuted, not because, only because you are a believer. There are certain trials you will never go through if you are an unbeliever and living in the world. There are certain things in this world that you will suffer only because you are a believer. But take heart that what Jesus said, that you will be persecuted because of me, but do not be discouraged because I have overcome the world, says the Lord. How do we maintain this attitude? I want to just close with three thoughts. And uh, I can look at verse 3, says, um, uh, it, first of all, it's about provision. We can maintain a, 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 a grateful, uh, rightful attitude that is thankful all the time, or living, what, what I want to say, call it just for simplicity, thanks living attitude. 
by, by, by keeping our eyes and recognizing and acknowledging the Lord's provision. The Lord's provision. And in His provision, He restores as well. He say, it says, uh, Know that the Lord, He is good. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are the, His people, the sheep of His pasture. I, I, what, 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 what this verse points us to us is that it takes the responsibility of our care off of ourselves and unto the Lord. It's reminding us again that we need to know this. We need to know this about the Lord. That one, we need to know that the Lord, He is God. He is Lord. He is God alone. Nothing can compare with Him. He is able to do anything. Nothing is impossible with Him. We know that He is on the throne. He's never left the throne. In our highest mountain, in our darkest valley, the Lord, He is God. And then it reminds us that it is He who made us. We did not choose to, to be here. Well, not, not here, church, literally. I mean, I, we did choose to be here today, which is a good choice. God bless you. You're honoring the Lord. It is. It is. You know, you honor the Lord with the first day of your week, and the Lord honors you. So I want to thank you, because you're saying, God, I'm putting you first. I have 24-7 every week, but I'm putting you first. On the first day of the week, I'm going to thank you with God's people. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to give thanks in spite of what I'm going on. You're making a choice to thank God with your time, and you honor God that way. God will honor you back. He will bless your life. And today you're going to maybe go out stronger than you came in because you honored God with your time. So God bless you for being here. We don't take that for granted. But we did not choose to come to the world. God is the one who made us. He ordained even the family that we came from, the country that we were born. Uh, he decided all these things before we ever showed up. You All you knew is that you existed. But God had already planned your life and had decided all these things about you. He says, I know the plans that I have concerning you. Here's what I want you to know about these plans in Jeremiah 29. It says that the plans that I have concerning you, they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you a hope, says the Lord. So when you know that, that he is on the throne, I did not make myself. He says, we did not make ourselves. The Lord did. And then because the Lord did, we are his people and we are the sheep of his pastures. That's why the psalmist would say in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd. If we the sheep of his pasture, then we can make a declaration today and say that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in his paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Lord, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He recognizes there are people who don't like you. But he says, even in the, pro, in, the, in, the, in the middle of all that, he says, I will prepare a table before you in the presence. of You can only make that declaration if the Lord is indeed your shepherd. And so we can maintain that attitude of thankfulness that the Lord is always taking care of us because we are the sheep of our pasture. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't come here on our own right of our own choosing. But the Lord is indeed my shepherd. So I submit myself to him and I'm not taking care of myself anymore. I'm letting the Lord take care of me. Whether it's my money or my finances, the Lord does a better job of taking care of my finances than I do of taking care of my finances. Whether it's my health, my kids, anything that concerns me, if I put it in the Lord's hands, he does a much better job at it than I could ever do in my time. 
So we keep the attitude of gratefulness. And I'm talking about thanks living, not just a thanksgiving day, but choosing to be a person that is thankful in your life. Second thing that helps us keep that uh, uh, attitude is that it's the Lord's promise. It's the Lord's promise. Now, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures through all generations. I love that it says the Lord is good. I, I love to say that every Sunday. It's a declaration that we make, and I did this Sunday. The Lord is good, and all the time. And now say it like you mean it. God is good, and all the time. Sometimes you need to just be walking around your house, because you don't know how to pray. You don't know how to think about any situation. And just saying, the Lord is good all the time, all the time. God looks like a crazy man uh, or whatever. But the Bible says this. That you shall decree a word and it shall be established. So whatever you make a declaration of will become a reality in your life. I remember I was working at a, uh, at a bank one time and I, and I had been moved up to a new branch. And they had, the leadership had come me to go in taking a branch because someone had left uh, the job and said, hey, we really need someone with experience to take on this branch. And so if, if you don't mind, could you take up this branch? I remember that was, I was actually at the hospital when Belle, Belle was born. It was the week that she was born. And I, so I went into the new branch and as I walked in the first day, I said, hey, today's going to be a great day. And they looked at me. Who is this guy? What is he drinking? What is he smoking? It's like, I just came in, and every day I make that declaration. Later on, about two or three months later, there's an employee that came into my office and said, I want to talk to you. He told me, you know, this place has really changed since you've been here. And I knew it from the beginning. It was just, it started from the time you walked in. He said, our last manager, when he came here, he walked in the office, opened the door, says, today's going to suck. Today's going to suck. And then you come in and say, hey, today's going to be a great day. It's going to be awesome. I says, just right there from the beginning, I knew that it's different. And I know, like, uh, sometimes I wasn't making anything of it. That's just what I chose to do every day. I wasn't putting on a fake thing or a fake smile. I just chose to see that God is good and today is a good day and I'm going to make a declaration. Do you think there are days that I woke up that I didn't even want to go to that workplace? No. There's some days you don't want to even wake up. But you make a choice and says, hey, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's good all the time. And I'm going to choose to enjoy and celebrate this day. So we hang on to the Lord's promises Knowing the fact that the Lord is good, that alone should allow us to have peace in our hearts. Knowing that He is good. Here's the struggle I see sometimes people do. Because they think, why would a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? That's a fair question, isn't it? I'm not going to preach on that today, so don't, don't pick up your pen yet. But I'm going to just shed on it. Because it definitely does allow, it cause people to wonder sometimes. Uh, and the quickest, uh, I remember when they had, um, 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 there was a tornado down south. I, can, now, I can't even re- remember really quick, just not a few years ago. Ah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, thank you very much. There's a tornado in Oklahoma. And all these news people were down there real quick trying to cover the tornado. And they could not believe how many people were saying, wow, just thank the Lord. 
And this was unlikely because they weren't expecting that. They were expecting people to come in and curse and do whatever and just, you know. And then they were just thanking God. Their house is completely gone. Lost, lives have been lost. Things have happened. Property's been damaged. They know that it's a long road ahead. The recovery doesn't happen like a light switch, you know. It's a whole lifetime of recovery. But people, there's too many people that still thank the Lord. And it actually confused them. That's the heritage we have as believers. Because we don't see it as the end. If we saw everything that we experience in this life as the end of it all, we will be the most frustrated, the most hopeless people that they are on the face of the planet. And people that do, they are. When one real tragedy, tragedy will hit us all in this life. Because this life is not our home. But we are told in the scripture, and John it says in 14, he talks about, hey, encourage one another with these things, that we do have a future, that all that we see in this world is not the end. That's why I'm saved. That's why I want to get people saved. For, for believers, the worst that we would ever go through is here on earth. But that for some people that don't know the Lord, the best that they will ever go through is here on earth. That gets me fired up of wanting to tell people about Jesus. There's much more to life than the 60, the 80, the 20, the 5. We don't determine how long we live, but we do know we will depart one day or the Lord will come and take us to himself. So we keep that hope of the promise, not only for the good things that he promises to do in this life, but the promise of the future, of what the Lord is going to do. That in itself can be reason to rejoice. That's why our brothers and our sisters that have gone ahead of us in the first, gen in the first uh, uh, century, the first believers were persecuted immensely. But they were able to hold out hope because they knew that what they were living for was eternal, not just temporary. So that was able, the Roman persecution, that, um, but yet God in the middle of all that was able to, 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 to preserve them. Many lost their lives. Many of the great apostles that we draw inspiration from, like Peter and James, were brutally killed for the preaching the gospel. But yet they left as a heritage. And we could draw faith, we could draw encouragement for the words that they, that they left and the things that they did. Paul wrote some of his greatest letters in prison, thanking God and rejoicing in God in prison for the sake of the gospel because they were living for the promise. That is not just the promise of tomorrow that is going to be a better day. No, it's the promise of living eternally with Jesus. And that's a perspective we should never lose no matter what goes on. That's the most important thing we can keep in our hearts and in our minds. Because sometimes I'm not going to tell you that everything that you are experiencing will, be, will, will go away. Some things will not go away in this life. But yet we know that we live for eternity. That our crown of righteousness is awaiting us. Then we go into the Lord one day and he says, Welcome, thou good and faithful servants. Those words are going to be so strong, so affirming. And he was like, it was worth it to go through the trials. It was worth it to go through the pain. It was worth it. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8, that I consider the great suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. And the last thing that would help us to go uh, maintain that attitude of thanks living and thanksgiving is, is really acknowledging of his presence. I'm going to finish with this. Let me read uh, two of the verses going back to uh, verse 2. 
Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing and skipping to verse 4, it says, And enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and he will and bless his name. I love that. I love that because it gives us the key to entering into God's presence. A, a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, one of my friends was working for the Senate Majority Leader uh, in... in um, in Washington, D.C., uh, Senator Scalise, who was shot earlier this year. Remember that? And, and, he, and, he was, um, and so I was visiting Washington, D.C. for I was actually for a pastor's conference, and so when we were out there, went to see him. And because he had all the clearances and all that, he got us into uh, some really, int- you know, he got us into some really cool places, places that you are not allowed to take pictures. I would have proof, but I could not take pictures. I could have bragging rights, but he, they kept me from that, you know. Walked us to the speaker's office, the speaker's balcony, took photos with some big people on the other side where it's allowed, you know. And, and, but, but then he walked us through the, the house where the, the, the Congress meet, because the, the, Senate, uh, the, the Senate majority leader, his office is at the, state, at the nation's capital with the speaker, and I think he's the only congressman in that building. And, uh, and, I, and I remember just walking through that, and he's telling us, you know, when, when you see on C-SPAN, when this is going on, this is actually what's going on in the background. So he's walking us. But I remember Kassir is standing there, and there's this sense of awe of the, um, of, uh, well, you could touch some of the chairs, but you can't see the none of them unless you're actually elected. You know, you find out a lot of these things, but you feel this, um, there's something about that building that constitutes the power that is in that office. And you're thinking, you know, these guys to collectively are one of the most powerful bodies in, the, in our universe, right? in, our, in our world right now. You know, decisions that are made here in agreement have a potential to make impact in lives, not just in the United States, but globally. And, 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 and then the order and all that. And you feel the full sense of the power of the government of the United States when you're in that meeting. And, and you can't behave badly. Even, you know, because you have some, you have some, I don't know, special, um, um, what do I call this? Whatever. Very specialized security people with good old guns walking around. Just, they aren't talking to us, but they're patrolling just inside there. You can't make a stupid joke and act like a crazy man, you know, like that, because you don't know. It just feels powerful. And, and I remember just appreciating the opportunity. Uh, one funny thing that was really cool, I got to say this. The chief of staff of that, um, uh, the Senator Scalise, saw us walking in and came in and said, and she was very friendly and she, telling us, but she was, she was trying to figure out we, who we are. And later she whispered to me, are you guys from the secret service? I said, yeah. No, I did not say that. I said, no. I thought, hey, I don't look that bad after all, you know. But that was a little flattering. But, but anyway, my point I'm trying to make is this. When you're, in a pres- in, when you're in the presence of power, you're in presence of very influential, important people, you feel something about it. And the Lord, there's no power on earth. All combined forces, power, wisdom, anything you could ever take combined throughout history pales in comparison to the being in the presence of the Most High God. And you and I are given that privilege to have an audience 
with the creator of the universe. The one at his command commands everything to function as it is. He says, let there be light, and in light came. Let the water, he commands the sea, he commands the stop. And we are told that we can enter, I think he says, he said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. When we come in here, we started this morning singing praises to him. We're not just merely going through a religious uh, operation or an order of service that we need to get through and finish these songs, or we do two songs here or three songs here. No, what we are are trying to do biblically is to enter his gates. And we can choose to enter his gates by engaging everything we have, our hearts, our minds, our intellect, our, and, and just our awe to the Most High God. And you can sing the same songs as the guy next to you or the girl next to you, and, and, and it can have different impact to the degree of how much we decide to enter his gates. And he was told by the scripture, here's how you enter into the presence of the Most High God. You come with praise, you come with thanksgiving. And guess what? As simple as that, we can have an audience with the Most High God. We can worship at His footstool. We can, we, can, we can be ushered into the spiritual realm with angelic hosts who are continually declaring before the throne of grace. We can enter the throne of grace with confidence, as the Bible says, and, and have an audience with the King of kings, the Most High God, the one who controls the universe, the one who declares the end from the beginning. And when we enter His presence, things begin to happen for, to, for us. It says that in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. We can bring our things before the Lord. We can bring our burdens before the Lord. Discuss your cares upon Jesus. Jesus, we can come in with a heavy laden and in, with thanksgiving I can begin to enter into his gates. I can get into his courts and I can leave the baggage that I brought in and leave it at his feet. What an awesome opportunity we have that we can dispense and we can release. And he says, hey, cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. You don't have to carry the burden anymore because if you can enter, you get there with a mindset of thanksgiving. He says, I have nothing to be thankful for. I would be thankful if my life was as good as Pastor Chris. I can be thankful. No, your life is good. It's as good as Pastor Chris's life because God gave you your life. Quit comparing with other people. Don't think that they are, uh, they are happy because, well, things are going well for you. No, you can make a choice to say, I'm going to thank God where I am. He's given me my life, and I'm going to thank Him for my life. He, all the things that I'm going through, I'm going to thank Him for my life. I don't care what's going on with other people. I'm going to be thankful no matter what. I may not understand all the different things. In fact, the Bible says we will never all understand all the things that are going on. But somehow, somewhere, the law says that we will gather all the pieces. He says that it will cause all the pieces drama, the failings, the, the mishaps, the, 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 the poverty, the lack, the death, the loss, everything that's going on. He says he's going to gather them all one day and it will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord because he is good and his love endures forever. 
Today, I want to challenge you as you begin a new year. It's amazing. This is our last Sunday in November. I feel like it's gone fast. Maybe for some, it's gone long, but I feel like it's gone really fast. But we can choose to look at this December and say, you know what? 2018 has been, I thank God for what he's done. I thank God for watching me. I thank God that I'm alive today. But I'm, th- I'm choosing to have an attitude of thanksgiving as I enter in 2018. You know, it's very fun. It's very interesting to me that it says to us that we should make a joyful shout to the Lord. One of the things that I found very, uh, I found when I moved here in Nebraska, uh, some people were telling me how, hey, you know, in Nebraska, when you live there, uh, church is very different because people are very, very reserved. Uh, they, they're not expressive. They, you know, if you shout at church, you're thinking, what's wrong with that guy? And maybe you're new and you thought you had us like making crazy noises and think, what's wrong with these people? No, it's what's right with these people. And, 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 and so I had that idea. It's like, well, the people are steep. They don't dance. They don't shout. They don't sing. But just make a joyful noise. And then someone took me to the Husky game once. They were just excited to show me the experience. I said, oh, my goodness. I know these guys can shout. These guys can scream. They can go crazy. They just don't do it for God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know I'm preaching good, church. You know I'm preaching really good. And the boy said, make a joyful shout to the Lord. I took uh, uh, someone, a good friend, gave me tickets on Saturday to go to the game. And that same morning, Tori, our six-year-old, has seen all the other ones go to the game. Before I knew about the ticket, she, she had asked me twice that same week, Dad, when are you going to take me to the game? Well, next time I get a chance, uh, it's going to be your time. And the weather's good, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to be next year. Because how can you, well, I might get a chance. Last game of the year, it's usually very cold. I thought that's not going to happen. It's going to be next year. And then someone called me, hey, would you like to go to the game? And that same one. And so I got to, Tori got to go to, this, to the game this year. And she was happy. 96,000 people are not happy about that game, but she was. Huh? <laughs> Ha, and Andy, Andrew Baxter was happy. He's a Hawkeye, and so he was happy as well. So two people that I know are happy for that game. But we got to the game a little bit late. And uh, as, we, as we were walking through, she said, is the line always this long? I was like, yeah, it's always this long. And somehow, I think just when the kickoff I started, I did not see the play. I don't know what happened, but I know something happened. How did I know that? There was a shout. And it wasn't the kind of shout I wanted. I knew they had probably returned for I don't. I still don't know. I never looked back what happened. But uh, thank God they reversed it. And, and it didn't matter after all at the end. And I was thinking, uh, just in that moment, I'm thinking about when the Lord says to shout. Give a shout of praise. Because when we're making that shout of praise, we, not only are we declaring and thanking God for what He's done or what He's doing, is there, there's something, there's a release that happens when you let it out. Come on. And it's a thankful release. There's something that happens. There's electricity. And he can actually, he can, he can discourage the other team. It has that much impact, you know, oftentimes. And I, and I was thinking right there, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about a shout of praise. And I realized that the shout of praise is a, is a weapon that touches both sides. It's a weapon that says, God, I am so thankful to you. It just makes, when I think about the Lord we signed that last week, it just makes me want to shout hallelujah. 
thank you, Jesus. I, I just don't want to say, hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's okay. He hears you when you whisper. But there are times you just want to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for watching over me. Oh, I may not be feeling all right right now, but I thank you after all because you are my God. But the second component of it, you're making a declaration. You're announcing to the enemy. Watch out here. This guy, this girl belongs to the Lord. I'm making a declaration because you might have me down right now, but victory is coming my way because my God is bigger. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the king. And you're scaring the enemy. Says, hey, watch out. This is God's son. This is God's daughter walking here. Amen. So I challenge you. Start the new year. I know it's not quite yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. But you can begin. Don't wait till the new year begins. Begin to say, Lord, I'm going to live as a grateful person. I'm going to choose to look around and say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a, a person that is thankful in every situation. I'm going to find the good, even when so much bad might be going on in my I'm going to look keenly and I'm going to deliberately look for the good so I can enter his gates with thanksgiving. I can enter his courts with praise. Can I get an amen? All right, would you stand with me? We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Come on, you can give him a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. If he's done something to your life, amen. Thank you.